Welcome to the Salt Circle Podcast. My name is Hank. With me today, like many days, is Ben. Hey, y'all. Hello. We're uh, we're doing a sort of a hoity-toity podcast today. Gonna get. Uh, I mean, uh, is it not I'm doing the... Shakespeare? But uh, Shakespeare is like. He's hoity-toity, but he's also not hoity-toity. I think it's I mean, the, he's pop culture in I his day. I think it's still the highest brow topic we've done. No? I don't know that it's any more hoity-toity than Gulliver's Travels. Honestly. I don't know. I think... I think Shakespeare, for a lot of people, is probably like any amount of math is for the average Eng- English major. Yes, I just think those people are wrong. Eh. I'm still like half one of those people. <laughs> and here yeah, I you am. can be wrong. I'm not wrong. Just uh, in the midst no, of a metamorphosis. <laughs> I'm I'm coming out the other side. That's why we're here. Yeah, because we're talking about in particular. King Lear, which, yeah, yes, that is the Shakespeare play we are talking about today. Interesting for me, I had never heard of it until I took the Shakespeare class in university. Um, in high school, we did Romeo and Juliet, and we did Macbeth at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamlet. Did you know that Shakespeare wrote a lot of plays. Yeah, but like. Yeah, I know, but it's like if we had come in here and said we're doing Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet or something, I feel like that's that's like your A tier, not necessarily in terms of quality, but in terms of people knowing them. Uh-huh. And I, King wrong. King Lear might maybe B. Maybe Macbeth is like B, just because people... Macbeth is, might be A tier. Yeah, it's in that gray area. Yeah. I, think, I think Lear is B or C, generally. Yeah, sure. Like yeah yeah that's that's my thinking, and it's uh I I I didn't like it I I didn't like King Lear, and I didn't like Shakespeare, and uh-huh. it got to the end of the semester and we had to write a final paper and it was like a lot of people might scoff, um, especially anyone doing like a thesis like phd nonsense or whatever where it's like a hundred pages but uh like 10 pages on a single topic of a single shakespeare play that feels like a lot (laughs) that feels like a lot dude and especially when you're going in like hating the subject matter but (laughs) through writing the paper which was which was on king lear um Uh i like came out the other side I like got to the I got to the end of this paper and I looked at it and I was like this is a good paper, and I guess I kind of like King Lear now. Fuck you, professor who converted me to liking something. How dare you? Changing my opinion. What a piece of shit. So like what? What was like the biggest flip from what you really didn't like to what you? kind of changed your mind or just there wasn't something different i don't even think 
I don't even think there was like a specific thing I didn't like. I think it boils down to some of the some of the beefs I still have, which may just be lack of exposure and also doing anything in a class when you're on a time period and being graded on it feels a lot worse than sure. just doing it on your own. Um, like, I wasn't a fan of having to read, like, oh, hey, we're doing uh, King Lear on Thursday. If you could have it read in its entirety by Tuesday, that would be great. Uh, professor, today is Friday. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> like, just not a fan of that. And then, to an extent, reading plays. But I also don't know if it would function better if I watched it. I'm not sure. But what I think converted me over was that in in the analysis, just... um. I guess uh, on a on a surface level, finding like the the redemption, re like fallen from grace, not necessarily grace, but you know fallen and then sort of redemption sort of thing, and more importantly, for some reason like the emotional connection just kind of clicked, and I was like, oh shit, this is this is pretty good, <laughs> like this is, this is this is some good stuff, just like. Do you think it was just the the language barrier was, like, preventing you from getting into it? Uh, there's a bit of that. That certainly, it compounded the uh, the time constraint, I but, think. Yeah, and also just the reading a play. Yeah. That, that, that kind of has a different... It has a very different, different feel. feel to it. And it's, it's not yeah. something that you do a whole lot. So... No, it's, it's kind of a different thing. The language definitely just... I am, and the art professor even told us, like, just kind of read it like you're reading a foreign text that's not translated and you barely know the language. Like, skim over it and try to grasp what you can and kind of ignore the separate novel that is the footnotes. And I got a bit better at that, but I'm still pretty terrible at ignoring all of that stuff. Like, if I see a word and I don't know what it is and the definition is, like, a centimeter away in the margin i want to read that definition instead of skimming yeah. it but yeah just the time constraint and then that language just i'm i don't necessarily dislike it but i'm very slow with it still like mm -hmm. even when i like just reading through everything like i will read this and then i will immediately spark notes it to make sure that i understood everything that i read because I'm not sure sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely times when I'm reading a, a play for the first time, I'll just miss stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, somehow, I always, when I would read King Lear, I would always skim over Edmund's first speech too much. <laughs> and, like, Fair. he wouldn't register to me as, like, <laughs> important. Yeah. Which is weird because his first speech is like super important. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I have a friend that that's like his favorite thing. Is that first Edmund speech? He really likes it. It's definitely his, fa his favorite thing in the play, at least, and one of his favorite Shakespeare things. Period. So, uh, the first that's uh, 
That's where you it's find out. It's a speech out. about being a bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's kind of... It's like the one place where he says his plan. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just happens without him kind of being on screen for a lot of it. Or on stage, rather. Yeah, no, he didn't really have to work very hard to, to like, facilitate things. Kind of help. I mean, it kind of helps when everyone else is kind of a dick, so. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No, the the character that really resonates with me in King Lear is King Lear. Just his fucking angry-ass, super, way too quick to judgment, like... Yeah, that guy's a star because <laughs> stuff happens because of his like split judgments, and then he yells at a storm, which is also just a thing I always love. Also, uh, like like when Zuko yelled at a storm. Like when Zuko yelled at the storm. Yeah, yeah, redemption. It's right there. It's right there. Um. Yeah, no, King. Like the character King Lear is. Uh, pretty good i like how i just the start in in retrospect like hey uh i heard that you would like some inheritance um there's three of you tell me how much you love me right now to my Mm. face (laughs) be specific (laughs) i need details yeah need it um should we like outline the plot the very general plot of the play before like dive or do we want to do it like do the plot as we go and like talk about parts of it probably should have discussed we should out- this we should just outline the plot first okay alright do you oh, well the first thing that happened was the, <laughs> I'm gonna need help in some parts um, okay there are certain things that I'm very good on and then there's like other parts that I'm just still hazy on uh-huh. Even reviewing, um, yeah. So the first thing that happens was the thing I said with uh, with the love thing. Uh, King Lear is kind of sick of being at least not necessarily being the king, but all the kingly duties. Right? He wants the title. He doesn't really want all the paperwork and the hassle and the bullshit. And his daughters are like a thousand percent ready to. You know, get their inheritance early, become the ruler, the de facto rulers and stuff. And there's a, uh, I don't, I don't like two of them. Uh, there is Goneril, which is the oldest one. There is Reagan, the middle daughter, and there is Cordelia, who is the youngest. Um, mm-hmm. Goneril is in, no, Goneril is not engaged, but her and the Duke of Albany. I forget who I forget uh, how that little or just no not Duke of Albany just Albany, um, mm. the husband I'm looking at I have a character list open because I knew this would be my my worst part yeah the husband of mm. Lear's daughter Goneril all right cool, um, so that's the thing and yeah King Lear is like hey you guys tell me how much you love me and I will give you your your stuff based on that so Goneril goes in this little bit just sucking ass and he's like wow wow you love me so much have these wide tracts of land and all this other shit and then he's like Reagan what's up how much do you love me and Reagan 
sucks even more ass. And he's like, oh my god, you love me so much. Here you go. And he gives her more land. And then he gets the youngest daughter, Cordelia. And he's like, Cordelia, how much do you love me? And she has a really good quote here. And I... Oh, uh, she she says that she has, like, nothing to say. King Lear is like, yeah. nothing begets nothing. And she's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So it's pretty great. I, is that the part she has like a bit about? Uh, maybe she. Maybe it, it's just like an aside, where she talks about how like the love that can be quantified like doesn't matter, or something, or like love that yeah. needs to be quantified. It's something along those lines. Like if you have to quantify the love, it's not worth anything. And she, but like the point, the point of this very early, early uh, scene is that. Cordelia loves him the most. She just doesn't want like this is stupid, <laughs> and it's really fucking dumb. <laughs> like, so she's not into. Uh, and King Lear does um, give her hyperbolic s- praise. Yeah, yeah. King Lear is uh, generous though, and he does give her something. The something is exile, which she accepts <laughs> graciously and isn't seen for a long time. So that happens, um, and then. Uh, is there anything immediately after? Is well, Edmund seen two, right in there. Her two suitors show up. Right. The the Duke of Burgundy and the King of France. And the uh, Duke, when Cordelia? and they're like uh for Cordelia, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So then right, um, right, right. And they're like yo, where's that where's that dowry? Where's that uh, inheritance? And King Lear's like there's none now. And Duke of Burgundy is like I'm out. Peace. Yeah. And King of France is like, yeah, Cordelia is pretty great, though. That's yeah. you're being weird, but okay, I'll still marry her. And then they they leave basically. Mm-hmm. And then Kent is pissed. He's like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. Feel free to interject if I miss like anything. Yeah, and then Kent or... gets banished for speaking up against King Lear. Also, and wasn't he like? Yeah, he was like pretty. He's like loyal to King Lear too. Like he's a. Yep. He's one of the. He he's similar to Cordelia, like he's yeah. he's loyal to King Lear. He enjoys, not maybe not his company, but like he, he he's loyal. That's the end game, and Lear just shits on him. Well, he doesn't like being talked back to. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Look. He's you very do, you say nothing, firm. you get exiled. You say something, you get banished. Like, look, he's an old man. He's yeah. cranky. Give him, give me my proper respect, or get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Daughter who loved me the most, not gonna praise me. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's it's. There's like, I understand the emotion behind it. It's just like, it's stupid. But I understand. Yeah. Um, my favorite um, line about Lear comes later when the fool is like, uh, you fucked up. You should have grown wise before you grew old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And then, then it's the soliloquy. Or is there other... Yeah, then we get Edmund. Oh, I don't before think that, we need to go that yeah. much in detail with this plot. Yeah, since um, we obviously 
But yeah, yeah. the next you, the next at scene is Edmund starts with Edmund's speech about his plan. Yeah, so there is this dude Gloucester, uh, Gloucester, Gloucester, I think. Gloucester. I'm not sure. Oh boy. I we did Gloucester in class, but like Gloucester, okay, Gloucester, it's Gloucester in class. I, you I, were doing a class on it. I just read it today. Now I'm like After years. I'm questioning if ben I didn't Hanks. pay attention enough. <laughs> um, ben and, I mean, Gloucester, King Lear. Gloucester also has a uh, fewer syllables, so. <laughs> yeah, Gloucester is a a nobleman, and he has two sons. There's Edmund, and there's Edgar, and Edgar is his real son. Well, his they're not his real son. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's legitimate. Edmund's son. a bastard, literally. Yeah, and he's unhappy about it's it. Great. And Gloucester there are times is... when the, in the in the play, it's just bastard for, for brackets Edmund. Mm-hmm. It's like he is. That is who he is. Is yep. bastard. So yeah, he's, he's like secondary. he's upset about that. Basically, like he's not. He does not yeah. wear it well. <clears throat> and so he plots to basically fuck over fuck. Edgar and take yeah. over all his dad's yeah. stuff. Just a real prick. Actually, Just our inherent uh, power because. Fuck, fuck the world. Our professor gave us a handy little tip. You know that Edmund is bad because there's an M in his name. Like, there's an M in malicious. And in Edgar's name, there's a G, like in the word good. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and dumb. Just has no expectations for us reading this play. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Edmund... Stalactite, stalagmite... Yeah, on here. Yeah, so Edmund has like it's it's mostly against just Edgar and there's like a, a forgery. He like forges a letter or something. I forget exactly what goes down to who, but he's trying to turn Gloucester against Edgar. So like their father mm-hmm. against Edgar. And Yeah, sure. That's a that's a thing. Back to King Lear, though. The important, important this, uh, important part to this. So initially, he is still living that high life. Like he gets to kind of be a king. He doesn't have to deal with the uh, the bureaucracy of the whole affair. And him and his knights are just partying. Essentially, it's like the jellyfish yeah. party episode of SpongeBob. Like just constantly it won't let up yeah he keeps a hundred nights and he's like i'm gonna spend half my time with one of my daughters and half the time with the other one Just yeah go back and forth yeah so uh he starts out with the eldest daughter like in her cat well that's what we start out with him and goneril is just sick of him like i mean if you could imagine like 101 people like riding in your house all the time <laughs> essentially like you know Especially when you have other people working in that house and living there who have jobs and things to do. So she gets sick of it and, like, I don't know if she allows or orders, like, her house to be rude to them. 
but everybody starts kind of not respecting Lear, and she's cool with it, whichever one it is. So eventually Lear gets all pissed, and he goes to Reagan's castle. He goes to, like, the second daughter's yeah. land. The, the other thing you skipped was um, after getting exiled, Kent basically immediately... When you're reading the play, oh, shows right, up right, right. disguise, calling himself Caius, and uh, gets himself hired on to be basically his old job. <laughs> yeah, because he he knows what makes he knows how to get in with Lear. So Lear is just like, "Hey, you seem pretty cool," and basically hires him as his advisor again. And just remember that in Shakespeare, disguise means you basically wear a hat. Yeah, and but like. No one can tell. No one. Literally fucking no one. It's impossible. Closest, your parent. Yeah, no. Like, in other plays, characters. It's like you're wearing a fedora and trench coat in a comic book. It's just, no one can tell who you are. Or like, in other plays, sometimes you're in a disguise and then you die. And then the person whom you are imitating in that disguise... Their wife comes along and sees you beheaded and thinks it's her husband, despite the fact that the head is right there, which would confirm that it's not her husband. Nope. Can't check. Wait, just tears first, questions later. Yes. But, yeah, so he's uh, Caius and... Right, right, right. Yeah, he's he's Lear's right-hand man again. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Lear gets out and is uh, going to Reagan's castle. And this is actually... Yeah. Uh, General is like, reduce the number of your men by half. Yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck Because when he, when he gets... Uh, I, doesn't he like get to Reagan's castle and like Goneril is there? Yeah. Well, yeah, she shows up. She shows and up like. There. Like after really trying to talk him back in talk him into going back, she's like, Fine, you can stay with me, but you can only have like yeah. twenty five men. And then he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I'll go back to Goneril. and then Goneril's like, Nope. Come back, have... you get none. <laughs> yeah, it like goes what yeah, it's like twenty five, then ten, and then like one. Yeah. And then like might as yeah, well they... be one might as well be none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just like go it's not learn the art of negotiation. But he kind of has no leverage, so yeah. Well, he gave up all of his shit. I mean, I I don't yeah. actually know what happens with the knights. Does he just leave them? That might that's like, skipping ahead a bit. I don't think we ever. I don't think it specifically I mean, says like. So it's a play, so they can't have knights on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it is. Yeah, I'm not. We're just. I don't feel like theoretically we're they. They were going with him to France when he leaves. Mm-hmm. And I guess they get defeated when he gets captured, I assume. Yeah. So, yeah. Gon- I mean, they do spend all their time getting drunk, so I can't really imagine they were very good <laughs> fighters. Probably They're not. Just, like, party buddies. The part where I'm really not clear where they are is when he's stuck out in the rain. Like, where well, is that's, your army? Yeah, that's what they I'm pens? saying. Like, they, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they just disbanded. They're like, all right, well. 
Um, yeah, so Goneril and Reagan are, like, they continue to get, like, worse, basically. They they get a taste oh, yeah, of yeah. that his, power. His, his knights, they did dissolve. That's the thing that happens. Okay. Um, Before he's stuck out with just the fool and Kent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Goneril and Reagan are, like, they, they, they enjoy the power they have. They want to, like consolidate that they want to get all of it so even though Lear has like no knight I don't know what power he still has I guess the title like they stole his house but they want the deed I guess (laughs) yeah and they're still paying for they're paying for his knights now too I think so it's kind of I don't know Basically, There's they like want to. They want to. Theoretically, <laughs> yeah, theoretically, in the extended Shakespeare canon. Um. Also, yeah. like when Kent shows up at uh, Reagan's place, he gets put in the stocks like immediately. Yep, they throw him in there. Uh, Lear is upset about it, though. Mostly not. not I mean, Lear's upset about a lot of things all the time. But, like, he's not upset about it necessarily because he cares about Caius, but Caius is a servant of him, so how dare they do that to him? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. 100%. Just, he's like, um, gets no respect. Yeah. (laughs) Like Rodney Dangerfield. Exactly. Best version of King Lear is Rodney Dangerfield playing King Lear. Oh my god, that'd be fucking great, dude. It would, it would be perfect. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, I get no respect. They put him in stocks. Yeah. Um. I. This is like probably the fuzziest part of the play. Um. What happens immediately after? I always get this, like, confused with the, uh... Is it the Blinding of Gloucester? Does that happen after this? Well, well, no. First there's... Oh, come on. King Lear's locked out. He's yelling at the storm. Right, so we have our first storm scene. Yeah. Him and the fool. Mm -hmm. Kent's kind of just stuck there. And then Gloucester basically lets him inside. (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think that that happens first. Then um, Edmund betrays Gloucester to Carnwall because mm-hmm. Gloucester knows about there's a French invasion coming to reinstate Lear. Yes, and then Gloucester gets his eyes. Yep, out. they just like scoop him out basically. Like it's pretty. It's brutal. Cornwall just, you know, just, I mean, you you have to you have to use your imagination when you're reading a play. But yeah, he just takes one eye, and then one of the servants is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And attacks Cornwall. Don't they kill the uh, servant? And then? stabs him, and yet, well, then um, I think Reagan kills him. Something, yeah. Definitely gets yeah. Reagan kill stabs him from behind. Then Gloucester, I think, takes the other eye after that and then dies off screen. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I've been wounded." Yeah, 
And then later someone's like, yeah, he died. And like the first time I read the play, I'm like, oh, he died. Oh, I didn't pick up he was that hurt. Whoops. Yeah, I remember, I remember that happening. <laughs> that off-screen death, though. Such a classic, like, oh, no. Poor yeah, he died. It's classic Shakespeare. Someone yeah. showing up to say, yeah, that guy, he died. He's dead. <laughs> oh, him? Oh. Don't worry about it. Oh, him. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then Edgar... Turns up pretending to be Tom. Poor Tom, yeah. Poor Tom. He's kind of hanging out with Lear for a while, and then eventually he finds his dad and kind of takes care of him, much like Kent was taking care of Lear by just pretending to be a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's a whole thing with Edmund had a plan with uh to um kill Goneril's husband and take her throne, but now that Cornwall's dead, Reagan's like, yo, team up with me. Yeah. And he's kinda just like uh playing them both. Without, really without a plan. He doesn't really, he's like, like at one point he's like, yeah, I can't really have both of them. It's probably not going to work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it just gets like so muddled for a bit there. I mean, there there's a lot of stuff that happens, but a lot of, like half of it is just kind of, Lear yelling at clouds. I mean, the year the the thing is, the plot doesn't matter. My end game for this whole segment was yeah. I don't think the plot is important. Yeah, but either yeah, stuff stuff goes um, down. Th- there's other stuff. Um, Lear gets like Albany and so basically the two the two sides. The force commanded by uh, Edmund through Reagan and the force, and then uh, the other forces, like, ally together against the French, capture Lear and Cordelia. Um, Edmund and Edgar end up having a fight. Edgar beats Edmund. Uh, we, uh, we got shit A lot confused. of people died. By the way, I want to check. Uh, Cornwall is the guy who dies. Yeah, Cornwall Gloucester. Dies. Okay, we, there were a lot of pronouns being tossed around. Oh, Gloucester gets yeah, his yeah, eyes. Yeah, no, no. For any confusion, Gloucester, Gloucester gets his eyes plucked out. Yes. Cornwall is the one who gets wounded. Whatever. I don't know. Just, yes, you know. I don't need to be called out by some Shakespeare professional who ends up listening to this for some reason. <laughs> And then it's Look, like anyone who actually bitch. knows the plot of this play is out. We've <laughs> we've really mangled and dicked around with we this. I'm Shakespeare I'm done just, with this plot. He's just <laughs> I, don't, I also Fine. don't care. We'll just we'll just skip to <laughs> and the, you were 
we were real bad at it. So I mean, I wanted like a nuts and bolts. You got, I don't know, skipping, <laughs> skipping to the end, which is you know is notable. Um, Lear realizes that he's been a dick, and Cordelia die depending on the version like she dies um but depending on the version there's a little tiny bit more or less hint at whether she might not truly be dead and either way the last thing that lear like says before he dies is oh like it worked she's roused she's breathing something to that effect and then he dies and then the play ends so you don't actually get to know if cordelia is uh dead Generally, I'm pretty sure it's just assumed that she's dead, right? It's a tragedy after all, so. Well, so it's kind of, the thing is, it's like based on a story where King Lear and Cordelia both live. But like, the kind of the thing the Shakespeare version did was add in Gloucester and his sons and King Lear and Cordelia dying, making it a tragedy. Yeah. Like, it's not a tragedy if they don't die. Yeah. They'd have to get married. Look. Exactly. <laughs> Look, Shakespeare, it's it's tragedy. The characters die, okay? It's important. It's a comedy. Some characters die. It's a comedy. Characters get married. Those are the... Well, not in the words. end. They can die along the way, can't they? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Probably. Yeah. The important thing is death at the end or... Marriage at the end. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Those, are the, those are the principles. Yeah, the, the pillars it's part of, of why I'd say the plots of Shakespeare's plays don't really matter. Yeah. Not they're not the thing. So now that we have sufficiently and expertly summed up the plot of King Lear, <laughs> yeah. uh I don't know, what uh what bit do you want to focus on first? Or concept theme yeah going through the the plot the plot is not the thing here the the thing is the speeches and some for me that's the character of king lear more than anything okay uh i don't i don't really care about a lot of a lot of the other stuff with this with this Mm -hmm. play in particular um I can see the the argument for edmund just because his his first speech is really good but he's not like my favorite uh Shakespeare villain either, so that's Iago. Yeah, Iago's my favorite. Iago, right for sure, from Othello. And that's also. because more <laughs> the pure hatred for an individual I like more than this like anger at the. I don't know. I never again. I always like. I read Edmund's first speech and I like skim over it. It just never quite connected with me. Yeah, it's not nearly full of hate. It's not enough. Where Though, it, it's overshadowed by all the shouting at storm clouds that King Lear does, which well, is my favorite stuff. As a brief aside, Othello is the Shakespeare play where I thought it all took place on boats for some reason. Like, I skimmed uh-huh. it enough that I'd at one point early on they were on a boat, and I just never hit the part where they got off, so I assumed that they continued being on a boat, and it made it a mm-hmm. hundred times more entertaining. <laughs> like I found out it wasn't and I was pretty disappointed actually but uh yeah no King Lear like 
the the one of the big things is like Lear is out in the storm a lot, and there's a lot of you know Shakespeare. So you're gonna we're, you're gonna go balls deep on this. Why is it a storm? Yes. What does it represent? All that. Um, and he he does go like insane. Like he descends at first, like he's distressed. He's he's like rejected and all that shit. And then eventually, like he's just naked wearing a crown of weeds and like yelling little not like nursery rhymes like little the equivalent of like sharing is caring like these little phrases that they would teach kids or something and just yeah. fully ranting and yeah. it what it what it reminds me of is um oedipus because in that it's just a thing of like i'm the greatest but so if I if I fall, then I will have the greatest suffering. <laughs> it's like it's like the madness and like the the fall has to be at equal to his his might and like his it's still like an ego play. Mm-hmm. Like it's still like as the character on stage has to still be the biggest thing even when his life is a fucking disaster. Yeah. It has to be the biggest disaster that's around. Also, for a guy who's, like, really not up putting up with bullshit, he sure takes a lot of shit from the fool. I mean, he's going crazier and crazier. The fool gets away with it, you know? Like, that's the fool's job. It, it is the fool's... That's the fool's job. The fool's job is to talk shit to him. Yeah. Whereas, and, in, and in Shakespeare, the fool is, is like, His daughter, his daughter's job is to love him the most. Yeah. Well, fucking obviously. Why else do you have daughters? Come on. To pit them yeah. against each other and proving which one loves you the most. They're supposed to tell you they love you the most and then house you while you have parties. Well, you have giant Project... No, was it Project X? What am I thinking of? The party movie. Project X was a party movie. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Like Project X parties in the basement with your uh-huh. knights. <laughs> So, I don't know. The storm is like, it's kind of like Lear's trial-ish, because, I don't know, he could have been broken, like, in one of the storm scenes, but instead he, I'm not going to say pulls out of it, but there are a lot of things that point to him, like, realizing that he's been a total jackass and, like, a lot of regret and stuff. So, about by the time he dies, he's redeemed, which makes it way worse. <laughs> redeemed. Mostly redeemed. I don't, mostly I don't know. Redeemed. I, don't really, I don't really buy into the, that part of it. Really? I don't. Hmm. So, I mean, you just want him to be an angry asshole. <laughs> well, well, yeah, so, again, the plot I don't care about, it's... The storm there, to me, it's like, that's the thing that's big enough for him to play off of. Like, he needs something worthy of yeah. his stage presence. It's much less, because I don't care about the story, it's much less about, like, the individual moment-to-moment stuff of, like, what matters. Like, the the turnarounds at the ends, 
like the King Lear's is like fine. Like that makes sense as the arc of the thing. The one that doesn't make any sense is Edmund's change of heart, where he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll try to save King Lear and Cordelia." Oh, too late. I didn't. Yeah. And then he's like, "It's not in my," and he's also like, "It's not in my character at all to do this, but I'll do it anyway, just to, you know, just to." It's, it's like the tragedy has to happen, so it's more tragic if there tries to save them at the last minute. But it, but that's yeah, it's, that's, it's, that doesn't really work. I do like um, one of my favorite. I, I'm not going to say my entirely favorite quote by Lear because I would actually need to go through it again and pay far more attention. But mm-hmm. real good one was in like late act four. And it's like, you, I, I, I got it up. You do me, you do me wrong to take me out of the grave. There are soul and thou art a soul in bliss, but I am bound upon a wheel of fire that mine own tears do scald, scald like molten lead. That's a good line. It's a real good one. My favorite is when, in Act 4, Gloucester's like, Oh, let me kiss thy hand. And there's like, let me wipe it first. It smells of mortality. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. <laughs> God, fucking. I love his arrogance. Yeah. It's just like, look, man, I, I'm the star here. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Yeah, except yeah, like, I just find that that stuff. That's my favorite stuff in Shakespeare. Of just like this, this is the character that's the the star. This is the the performance. This is the speech. The sure. the plot so much in Shakespeare just feels like a the means to that. Like the the, mm. the thing you have, the structure you need to have, or whatever. Like the requirement. Yeah, it's the framing device, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, it's all there for those dirty jokes to the audience. That's what. That's <laughs> what it's all truly about. Yeah. I mean, that's what a... makes that's the pop culture appeal. Yeah, yeah. Appeal to the people. The sex appeal. <laughs> all those guys threaten to draw their piece. <laughs> I I forget what the exact line is. There's a good so early on. I think it's like it's not uh, when the storm is like fully raging, but it's like the beginnings of it, and Lear's uh-huh. like trekking through it. Maybe to, I think it's be- when he's between Goneril and Reagan's place, and he's like yelling and ranting about how he hopes that Goneril is barren. There's some <laughs> there's some good language in there. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I also just like when you're reading this kind of thing and you're just reading it. It's just really funny when like Edmund gives his like big speech right before the fight, and then it's just like, yeah, they fight and he falls. It's just like yeah. the immediate like swing of that because you don't get to. <laughs> there's no like description of the fight or anything. It's just like, yep, he's done. It's like yeah. I'm the I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm the best. Oh no, I'm dead. Help! Oh no. Oh. Oh, Edmund. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, we we read this after Othello, so 
Yeah. Edmund definitely felt like watered-down Iago. Yeah, for sure. He's not... Like, he has... Yeah, like we said earlier, he has all these plans and stuff, but the plan is, like, let it fold out or let it uh, unfold as it would anyway, pretty much. He's just, like, got these two ladies who want to bone him. Yeah. And he kind of never works out anything beyond that. Yeah. He gets he gets murdered before it really comes to a head. <laughs> uh, he does get he just he has that one good speech. He gets his brother exiled and then uh he gets those two ladies horny. That's about it. But he doesn't do anything about it. There's like a thing with him I think trying to like decide, isn't there? Like yes. There's a little scene like His... dedicated to him like hmm to him being a bitch about like just not actually deciding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't come to any uh <laughs> conclusions. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even get to gouge out anyone's eyes. No. That's Cornwall gets to do that and then immediately die. Yeah. I just entirely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> just fucking left. It was like King Lear, and then just, it fucking left me. It was something about the about the weeds. I don't know. I'm sure it was a good thought. Um, we should all appreciate that I had a good thought that did not translate into words. Other than that, though. I So why was do you remember why France was like invading? They were just going to invade anyway, right? Or was it because I I think it, the point was to reinstate Lear like fully. Lear. Okay. I I forgot if it was like a thing that they were, that was kind of teetering to begin with or if it was directly due to like the events of the play. All I know is that Cordelia, Cordelia, like, comes in, like, the hero, like, Gandalf on the third dawn or whatever. Just shows up. Yeah. And Lear, Lear accepts her. Right? He's not like, oh, it's you. Like, because by that like, point. He's like, who are you? Oh right, because he's like still insane at that point, right? He's right, insane, right. yeah. Right, it's yeah, not yeah. that's the the problem yeah, is he's like so that, crazy. That it's timeline. hard to to take what he says that seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that makes sense that he would fall back on an earlier emotional state where he liked her, because he's fucking mad. Yeah, because like really well, uh, he did like her. He just was, she didn't show him proper respect. Yeah, she didn't fucking respect his authority. She didn't suck his cock, so she's got to oh, go. No, dear. Metaphorically, 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 suck his cock. I mean, metaphorically, it's basically Game of Metaphoric. Thrones anyway. <laughs> it's old school. I was actually, I, I was actually anyone. Uh, I don't remember anyone yelling at a storm in Game of Thrones. Could you imagine it though? 
I mean, it's hard to because neither of us no. have seen it. I've, um, I've watched a, I've watched Wow, some Game fucking traitor. How dare you? I watched that. I watched the big episode. Red Wedding. Just, yeah. I watched like the, the first three episodes. Like someone episode. Like parts of ones while my parents were watching. I watched the Red Wedding episode and like the mm-hmm. next episode. Then I didn't watch till like the last season. And I watched like all of the last season except the first episode. Okay. That's uh, like a thousand times more than I have. Mm-hmm. I feel betrayed. I also but okay. I listened to a podcast about the whole thing that went through an episode by episode. Right, right, right. It was, yeah. it was the big thing I did. But see, the key is that last season that I watched is the season where Game of Thrones fans were like, this is kind of bad. Is that the one where they did all the time skipping? <laughs> well, that's it's the one where they're past the books. Right, yeah. Yep. That'll happen. Um, yeah, so I actually... One of the things that I also kind of like about King Lear is the setting. Like, the fact that it's, like, I think, I was trying to look for it, and I only found one source that I didn't really feel comfortable putting in my paper, because it was, like, one of those half-ish ones that made sense, and it had good arguments, but Mm -hmm. just couldn't be used. They were estimating the time to be, like, around 680, and, like, there's some, like, it's not a... The characters aren't Christian, like they're they're definitely pagans, and I don't know. I find that interesting. I tried writing about it, but I just could not find enough there to make it even a. I half just remember that time. one line. I think Kent says while he's disguised about not eating fish. There's some like not <laughs> eating fish joke in there. Hmm. Is like the one thing I remember, and like I I looked at the footnote and like this is a joke that it's. It just doesn't really make sense anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised it's not a it's not a joke about like eating pussy or something. You know how yeah, Shakespeare does. I mean, it is now. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to 2018. Eating fish. Eating, yeah. Eating tuna. I feel like that has to have been a thing, right? Eating tuna? Like, specifically? Are we talking metaphorically or literally about eating fish? Before we (laughs) go on. Both. (laughs) I mean, maybe less of a thing. I feel like in 600 AD, hygiene was a... Yeah, that was a lot. Like, I wouldn't want to do... I've already been down that road once. And managed to I not know. throw I, up. I, I mean, can't imagine 600 AD guys. <laughs> there wasn't Listerine then either. Like, they could even have the out. Yeah, I mean, I think there are, like, a lot of variations on this story. Mostly just centering around the idea of a daughter not loving her dad correctly. <laughs> yeah. And him going, fuck you. But Respect she never Respect the patriarchy, you piece of garbage. But she never gives up on him because she's a good person. Also, good because people don't always true live. good daughters always respect the patriarchy. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a fucking message. Those hellish women who don't respect the patriarchy properly take control. Did your dad they exile will, they you? They will lead everything to ruin. Did your dad exile you? Did you not tell him <laughs> that you loved him enough? Maybe don't stop loving him. It's not his fault he's Never this stop. Way. If your dad banishes you and tells you to get the fuck out, or some other f- authority figure, just create a fake identity and b- take up that same exact role in his life. Yeah. Because he's the best, and he deserves your fucking respect. Just make sure that if you are his daughter, maybe disguise yourself as a dude when you come back. (laughs) Because it will prevent him from fully coming on to you. It will make Uh. him question his sexuality. But, you know, it just... It'll prevent him from getting too handsy. (laughs) You know, you don't want him to get too handsy. No, that's a bad no. time. You know, he would. King Lear would have imagined if imagine if Kent came back as like, I don't know, Katie. <laughs> Lear would have been like, "Wow, you really love me, huh?" And then it would have just gone fucking downhill. He's already naked for like a third of the play. <laughs> <laughs> like. He talks yeah. about how he gets no respect, but like he doesn't respect boundaries. Ronnie Dangerfield would still have to wear a tie, even naturally. I mean, instead of a crown of weeds, he can wear like a tie of weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm all for that. For a, I mean, if the man wasn't dead, I'd be all down for a Rodney Dangerfield yeah. adaptation. Apparently the uh the one of the better if not the best film version of King Lear is like a, a 60s like Soviet production of it. I think they you would like say that. No, that's what the professor was talking about. Uh. Because they capture the like the desolate wasteland or not wasteland but like the desolate landscape which translates roughly to they just went outside and filmed it in Soviet Russia. Uh so fair enough. That authenticity. Fair enough. Yeah. I feel like modern modern versions it's more minimalistic about just King Lear yelling on a stage. Yeah. It's been the so been boring kind of the thing more recently. Well, you got Patrick Stewart to do it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's kind of perfect for that role. Being yeah. an old crazy man yelling, and we—I mean—it's it. also nice. Like we went, uh, we went through Antony and Cleopatra, and Professor talked about how, like, yeah, a lot of plays will either skimp out on a chunk of the scenes or just not bother doing the play because there's like a thousand scenes and half of them are four lines. So that are set like thousands of miles apart, so you have to do a full scene change for each one. Mm. Like it's easier these days thanks to technology, but hey, nobody got time for that back in back in the day. 
<laughs> I think the last... Yeah, the last um, film version of Shakespeare that I watched that I really liked was like years ago now. But in like 2012, uh, Joss Whedon did a, a black and white, just like filmed at his house with actors he'd worked with before, version of Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. That I really liked. Nice. Just like super casual. So it was, So it's not the... Leonardo DiCaprio version of Romeo and Juliet? No. Surprising. Mercutio was real good. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I just don't like how it looks and like how it moves. You didn't envision Mercutio as a black dude in a tutu? I mean, I it's not I don't care about that stuff. It's what I don't it's how the film is shot and it moves and like I mean, that's... yo we're talking about swords but we're showing guns and like the way it's like so fucking in your face about it it's like it's not a big you could do that but don't suck your own dick about it so much maybe yeah i remember <laughs> that's like the mercutio bit is the only thing i remember from watching it because we watched it in like grade nine so mm -hmm. we all had a laugh about it and then promptly forgot everything else because it's fucking grade nine. And why are we reading Shakespeare? Stop. No, oh, man. You got to read. Macbeth was cool, though. Macbeth yeah. was pretty good. I did good. read him and Juliet like four years in a row in middle school. Like, yeah, they came up doing a lot. You did like. Do other. Am I, am I thinking of something else? Is there like a. I swear to God, I'm thinking of something else. It's, maybe it's not Hamlet. Maybe it just starts with an H. Is there like a... King Henry? Not King Henry. It wasn't Shakespeare. Oh. Was okay. there like a a colorful set piece in Hamlet? Not like in the play, but like, you know, there's a play within a play. Or like a mask? Did he wear a mask at any point? Did he wear a mask? I just I remember... remember. Maybe I'm thinking, like, I don't think there's any play piece called, like, Harlequin or anything. Like, Harlequin. Harlequin. I don't, I swear to God it was Hamlet, but all I remember is, like, it was grade two and we had to do this really colorful background for some reason. That was, like, mosaic stained glass sort of thing with a bunch of colors. There were, like, a mask and, like, someone had to wear, the main character had to wear, like, all white. And, I have no idea. Yeah, like reading Hamlet, I'm like, this doesn't seem like the thing that I thought it was. <laughs> but also, I don't know what that thing was. I remember drawing, for Hamlet, the thing I remember drawing was the ear of Denmark. <laughs> and poison pouring into it. Yeah. <laughs> so you draw an ear on Denmark, uh -huh. on like a map of Denmark, and you draw poison pouring into it. Done. Yeah. Art. I remember, uh, well, not even, like, remember, but it wasn't terribly long ago when I was going through a bunch of Greek mythology and I read whatever story about what's-his-name and what's-her-name who love each other and there's, like, a wall separating them and they decide to run off in secret or blah, blah, blah. It's Romeo and Juliet, but instead of poison, it's, like, a lion. 
attacks the guy <laughs> and he like gets away but he's a little bloody and like the tiger oh. or the lion rips off part of his cloak and the chick finds it and then kills herself and he kills himself <laughs> and the flowers are dyed red and that's how this flower is red now that's hilarious like, it would have been funnier though if it were romeo and juliet but then they both like hugged and jumped into a lion's mouth that then just ate them <laughs> that would be perfect that would be a thing that would definitely have been an ending i would have not expected it weird thing about romeo and juliet adaptations is like how many things are like let's do romeo and juliet but they live it honestly makes yeah. more sense than them dying and killing themselves i mean also i because... find it kind of insane that like Hey, let's have teenagers read this story about teenagers who f- kill themselves. I mean, that's the thing. Like, how old are Romeo and Juliet? Like, fucking 14 or some bullshit? Well, they Juliet's really young? super young. Isn't she? Yeah. Romeo is like. I thought he was like 17. Okay. I, I was like, he can't something. be more. He can't be 18. I thought like 16, 14, somewhere, somewhere in that area. If you actually think about how old they are, it's kind of gross. I mean, no, yeah, like, I think that's the problem. Nobody's putting that spin on it. They're all like, okay, let's get a bunch of like 30 and 20 year olds. Maybe just have older people play it. Like, no, dude, you got to get the kids in there and make it a disturbing, fucked up tale because it is. I I assume you're right. Juliet's like 13. Hell yeah. Go Shakespeare. (laughs) I feel like Romeo is like 15 then. 14, 15. I didn't think he was that much older than her. Yeah, I don't don't remember. Yeah, I didn't didn't think he... You know what? Either way. Either way, it's pretty fucked up. Also, they're never that young in any adaptation. (laughs) No. I've ever seen. No, because everybody wants, like, even if they have them die at the end, they still want that romantic aspect. And as soon as you make one of them 13 and the other, like, 17, pretty hard to sell that. Yeah. Yeah. They also cut that out of a lot of versions. And the... uh, Find the room for them to bone. Like, I, I don't know how many... How many, like, actual film... I, I assume, like, plays wouldn't do it, but film versions, maybe. Like, wherefore art, thou, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Like, she's not looking for him. She's asking why it's him. <laughs> she's not asking where is Romeo. She's asking why he's, like, of that family. But nope, we gotta have Juliet, like, looking left and right on the balcony. <laughs> Yeah, man. I've seen um, sitcom adaptations of Romeo and Juliet, where the characters are putting on the play. Yeah. Look, it's true to terrible high school productions of Romeo and Juliet. Actually, I think my younger brother gave the best performance of any bit of Romeo and Juliet I've ever seen, because 
they do like a cabaret thing in high school and it, like you know if you're going from like band to choir or like a individual singer to the full choir like there's some stands that need to be set up and all that shit so they like have to wheel stuff out and all that and while they do this they do skits and one of them was a one-man play or a one-man play of a scene of romeo and juliet so like my brother walks on stage wearing a costume that is half romeo half juliet like mm-hmm. tore a dress in half and sewed it onto whatever and he's just like going back and forth it was pretty uh, it was pretty good most enjoyable adaptation i've seen in a while also worked well because it was supposed to be bad mhm that's fair yeah so it's King Lear, your favorite... What's your favorite Shakespeare play? At this point. I'm like... I want to say King Lear, just because it's... One, but, like, that's kind of also a cop-out right now, because it's, like, the one I know the best. So... Uh-huh. And it's, like, the first... It's, like, that first one after the, the, the flip. So, like, mm-hmm. now I need to go back at some point and check out the other ones, now that I'm not, like, hating them from the start. But... Now that I... your, your previous biases have been cleared up a bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. Even even for, uh, for like, disliking the whole general ordeal at the time, Othello, Othello was pretty good. Othello was pretty good. Pretty good. There, I mean, there are, there are a lot of good Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Antony and Cleopatra? Really hated it. Absolute trash. Not a fan. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Like, I don't know that there's anything redeeming about it. <laughs> to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't like... Like, Antony can't even kill himself. <laughs> he fucking tries, like, three times. And it... <laughs> like, with a sword! It's not like he's taking two painkillers. Like, the dude stabs himself and can't do it. Uh, all I'm saying is there's only one Shakespeare play that has the stage direction, Exit, Pursued by Bear. Uh-huh. That, uh, wait, 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 wait. I got this. <laughs> okay, let's narrow it down. It's not King Lear. <laughs> it's not King Lear, no. Yeah, okay. It's... I really don't think it's Othello. It's not. Okay. Um, it's not Antony and Cleopatra. It's not Hamlet. It's nope. not Winter's Tale. It's not much to, much ado about nothing. It is not. Is it Midsummer Night's Dream? No. Shit. I feel like I'm gonna fucking hit myself. What is it? Uh, Winter's Tale. It's Winter's Tale? Fuck. This is, uh, wait, wait, let me, let me suss it out. Um, it's after, is it after somebody dies or is supposed dead and then the other person is like looking at him and bear chases him off or something? I mean, it's before they're. <laughs> I I I like can picture it in my mind, but I don't know what part. A character is eaten by a bear. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, 
it's asshole prince, right? Antigonus. Sure. Like, the, the guy who talks a tough game and then gets his ass kicked. And eaten by a bear? The, the, the step prince, the stepson, or whatever. Look, I don't actually remember the play very well beyond Exhibition by it, Bear yeah. being the greatest stage direction in all of literature. Actually, I think my favorite. Fuck, I can't. Do you remember any of the basic plot? Because that's going to be a determiner here. There's Winter's Tale, and there's another one that I can't think of the name of. Does Winter's Tale have. Uh, have the the chick disguising herself as a dude shit i can't um, I think, think of the so. name of the other one it's bothering me so much my favorite stage direction is exit back into trunk this guy i don't think it's winter's tale it's like somebody's name it's not it's not necessarily a tragedy like it has a decent ending um i wouldn't call it a comedy maybe but this guy makes a bet. Him and his, him and his, uh, him and his lover, love, I guess, are separated because she's a princess or nobility or whatever, and like her parents don't approve. So he goes off. He's like half exiled. And he goes off and they, like, exchange two things to, like, promise to be faithful to each other and stuff. And Guy immediately makes a bet with some other dude who is all like, I could probably get with your girl if I wanted to. He's like, no, you couldn't. She loves me a lot. He's like, no, I definitely could. And then they bet on it. So the, the guy is like, he doesn't try to sleep with her. Instead, he like shows up at her door and is like, Hey, I'm here on behalf of your boyfriend, and he really loves you. Also, this trunk has many valuables in it. Could you store it in your bedroom? And she says yes. And then when she's not looking, he gets into the trunk and pops out of it at night and writes a bunch of shit down that only someone who would be in her bed might know. And he like steals her bracelet or whatever. And when he's done, he goes back into the trunk... <laughs> For the rest of the night. So, exit back into trunk. Like, just, I don't know, slowly crouching back into it, like, with the lid. Yeah. Symboline, I think, is the... Symboline, yep, 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 that's the one. Symboline. Symboline. Got there. I knew yeah. it was somebody. But that one name. doesn't involve a bear. It does so not. It's it does not. inherently less good. What if... <laughs> What if it's a cross? What if there was a crossover adaptation and the bear exits into the trunk? That would be top tier. That character is everything. Is the it's like, I mean, any you know what? Like any play, everything exactly the same, but one character is just a bear, and nobody it's inherently like, better. Yeah, inherently bear, bear exits funnier, in the trunk. More dramatic. King Lear is a bear. <laughs> fucking out the storm like <laughs> just yelling just bearing it's at much, the storm it's much harder to uh, say those speeches in bear though I disagree <laughs> imagine in the beginning when it's like him getting like I don't know the, the word all the hi hyperbolic uh, praise from his daughters and the bear is like putting its hands over its heart 
and like yeah. making happy bear sounds. And then Cordelia says her thing, and the bear just like cold stares at her. And then yeah. like grunts once, and then she <laughs> leaves. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, it could work. I don't. I don't know if the bear could sell. Oh, let me wipe the mortality off of my hand first. <laughs> it just wipes its paw on itself. Yeah, but I don't think you get the <laughs> full effect. Do we want some like titles for to make sure bear? his hand was clean? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that'd probably help if you turn them on. No, nope, like not full... all the time. Just sometimes. <laughs> Just sometimes. <laughs> I mean, the upon a wheel of fire that mine own tears do scald like molten lead. That would be a good like subtitle to have with a bear grunt. Just actually molten lead pouring out of its face. Okay, so for King Lear, yeah, would the ending be improved if King Lear is a bear? And it turns out that Cordelia was just playing dead so that the bear would leave. No, no. Cordelia dies. Okay. And then tearfully and the King Lear eats her body. <laughs> and then dies. Oh, the ind- <laughs> indigestion, though. Exactly. And then everybody else is crying. (laughs) Just watching this scene. Everybody's tearfully crying as the bear slowly... Well, the terrible part is that the bear walks in with Cordelia's corpse, consumes her, and then dies. And everybody is just watching this happen. Yeah. He's, like, holding her in his mouth, and then lays her down, and then slowly... (laughs) Consumes her. Yes. Hell Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so is your is your favorite favorite Shakespeare just Are you going hard on the bear bit or is um, it actually like Othello or something? It's probably Hamlet. Wow, what a generic ass here. answer. And it's Hamlet's really good though. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. The problem is that Hamlet's very good. Well, Macbeth is also Hamlet, Macbeth, Othello. In no particular order. Any of those could be my favorite, Mm -hmm. I would say. That's my top tier. Hamlet is like... I also need to revisit that. I had it too many times in a row. Like, I had it, I think, three semesters in a row. That's too many semesters to enjoy Hamlet by the end of it. Uh, one of my favorite comic book writers, Ryan North, wrote a choose-your-own-adventure book version of Hamlet called To Be or Not To Be. Nice. Where you get to pick if you play as Hamlet, Ophelia, or King Hamlet's ghost. Obviously, you go for the ghost. <laughs> like, 100%. Also, the, the, uh, the conceit of that is that Shakespeare just played the most boring options of the story and then published it under his own name like a thief <laughs> yeah i can get behind it yeah then he did a he also he followed it up with a romeo and juliet version and then a uh a sh- did another one that was just short stories that was just called shakespeare punches punches a shark i think <laughs> Hell yeah. They're pretty good. 
Also, to be or not to be is on Steam, also, for some reason. Oh. So it's like a graphic novel? Or like a... like a, It's wait, basically it like, like the a... audiobook version, but there are... Okay. But it's like, There's like video game. That... Yeah, because okay. it's choose your own adventure. So. so it's like a... Why can't I think of the fucking name of that genre? Adventure game? No. Choose your own adventure... I'm going to find this out. Hold up. I'm going to suss this novel. out. Visual novel. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the visuals are not probably... Only, like, the... um. Basically, every ending, when you hit hit an end, it has a, a, uh, a drawing. And he got a bunch of his artist friends to do it, so there's lots of various styles and stuff throughout. Gotcha. Also, there's one part where it becomes, like, a... Like a Zork type game, where you're like playing as. No, no, that's in the. There's definitely a part in the Romeo and Juliet one where you start playing as the nurse, and then it's like, do you want to go east, west, or north? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Just, yeah, text adventure. (laughs) There's there's sub games in there, too. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, King Lear is uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, even if like you know, I mean, it had to be there had to be some good in it objectively because like I fucking hated Shakespeare when I started that paper and going through it and I was okay with it by the end. Either that or it's Stockholm Syndrome that... and yeah, <laughs> that could also be. But the important thing is that you. Th- you put thought behind the things you feel rather than just feeling raw emotion for no reason. Yeah. Or based on, you know, some first glance superficial reason, like maybe banishing your daughter because she says, um, I love you like the proper amount. Okay. I'm fucking go hyperbole here. Thought you were, uh, I thought you were going to say Takata's pants, and I was already, like, formulating a, re- a lengthy rebuttal. It's totally different. No, that's... Yeah, no, you're correct. That's totally different. In that's my just your fashion sense. In your my strong, adaptation. Strongly, firmly held beliefs about fashion. Is it belief? And pants. Or would literally everyone in the higher fashion world agree with me? If Cordelia was wearing Takato's pants, I'd fucking banish her on sight. Like, Goneril walks in, elegant dress. Reagan walks in, elegant dress. Cordelia walks in, fucking half-ass sweatpants capris. Get the fuck out, you get nothing. And she just goes, and the French guy is like, yeah, I dig it. Do you, I don't know, do you maybe Cordelia do- could pull goggles? it off. I just because Nikado could pull it off doesn't mean Cordelia couldn't. I mean, like, that's true. All she has I to will do is say, not be I think shaped girls like are inherently better at pulling off those pants that don't go all the way down to your ankles. I mean, no, that's fine. <laughs> and that's true. I, the problem was also that, uh, like, there was no... I don't know how to phrase this exactly. 
There was no overlap with his shirt and his pants. They, like, met and were the same exact, like, his shirt wasn't a little bit more billowy. Like, they were the exact same tightness. Yeah, that's because they meeting. didn't have an animation budget. I mean, at the first, like, it got better. At The first episode was just super noticeable. And he was shaped like a fucking hair. <laughs> there was just a lot of problems, dude. Like... Uh, it's funny because I don't have the it, uh, I couldn't begin to care about this and you care so much if I was in a Shakespeare play and Takata was in a Shakespeare play I would 100% be the Iago to his Othello <laughs> I just wouldn't have to like insinuate that someone banged his wife uh-huh. Yeah. And there wouldn't be any racial overtones either. Probably not. I'd just be roasting him over his choice of <laughs> pants. Fuck your pants. Someone All else right. gets drunk and I'd be like, catch a load of the captain's pants? And then shit would just start and it'd be Othello. But yeah, that's... And then people uh, couldn't unsee it. People couldn't... <laughs> yeah, people could... That's the thing. You gotta get them thinking about it. Yeah, it's the most people just just like passes over them, but the mm. ones you know, you just yeah yeah. Then everyone can't unsee it. They're all like uncomfortable around him now, probably because like, why, like, are, why are his pants so terrible? Like why like how did I, I not mean, notice before? Yeah, yeah. All right, I think that's a podcast. I mean, it's a perfect note to end on. So it's true. It's always the right note to end on. Digimon. You can email us at saltcirclepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on soundcloud.com slash saltcircle. Twitter at saltcirclepod. We are Salt Circle Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, various podcast feeds, and I'm on Twitter at Comic Panels. I'm on Twitter at bean underscore LP. And presumably uh, there will be a Kickstarter linked where you can fund our bear adaptations of various Shakespeare plays. <laughs> Just gotta wipe off that mortality. Mm-hmm.